0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is a time where we're seeing a lot of news, a lot of coverage about giving. Um, What's happening in the world, what's uh, changing in the world, situations we have at the moment, people who are displaced, people who are in need, people who are experiencing hardship. And all of this starts to challenge something within us. How much do we give of ourselves and how much do we hold on to? And you know, there are compelling arguments for both. One is we must give everything. We must give without bounds. And the other is, well, if I give everything, I give once, how do I give Again. Do I need to keep something for myself? Do I need to keep myself nourished? Do I need to keep myself strong? Do I need to focus on myself first? What we need to remember in trying to make that decision is as we were created in the image and likeness of God, we were created to give. First and foremost. So, implicit within Genesis 1.26, where God said, Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. He gave us his image and his likeness. So, if God made us according to his image and his likeness, and his first act was to give those things to us, so implicitly we are created to give. And that's why sometimes we are at our worst when we only take. We're at our worst when we're selfish, self-interested. We're at our worst when we only think of ourselves and dismiss others, and the needs of others. The epistle to Titus chapter 2, verse 13 says, We should look for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, who gave himself for us. So not only did he give us his image and his likeness, at the beginning but when he says be like me he also gave himself for us so creation was about giving and the incarnation was about giving the incarnation was about giving himself for us to raise us to release us to empower us to restore us all those things the things that we couldn't do ourselves And so it's really, really important for us to understand that that is an essential part of who we are. So in the question, do we give or do we not give, the simple answer is, of course we give. Because that's how we were created. And it wasn't just once. God created us that way, and then he reinforced it when he decided... ...to take our nature and give us of His. What did He take from us? He took iniquity, He took weakness, He took brokenness. He took the stuff that wasn't really useful for us. The stuff that was an obstacle. And then He gave. He gave love, He gave forgiveness, He gave salvation. And that's what it's about. It's about dealing with the God who is this in our lives... And who inspires us to be this in our lives. And then he says to us, Matthew ten eight, very simply, freely you have received, freely give. And we sometimes think, well, that's of what? Of of, of our wealth, of our material possessions. What is it that we need to give? Give ourselves. We've received everything freely from God. God made us who we are. Of course we build on that. We we make it better. We make it stronger. we, We become more faithful. We become more conscientious. But he gave us those things freely. He gave us the seed. The seedling. And when it's planted in the ground, we then work on it, and it becomes bigger. But without that seedling, there was nothing to grow. Without that start, there was nothing to build on. There was nothing to continue. And so that is the core of who we are and how we should live our lives. And then he inspires us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 6 that give to everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away, do not ask it back. Not only are we supposed to give unconditionally, but we're not even supposed to ask in return or expect in return. And that goes against a lot of who we are. It goes against a lot of our own nature sometimes. You know, we, are, we like to give, but we sometimes like to give more when we know we can receive in return. We like to give more when we know that there's a benefit in it. There's a bit of interest. I'm getting something for what I've given. But is that really the life we need to live, we want to live? How are we different to the world? How are we different if we're giving conditionally in that way? How are we different if we're giving only to those who expect to give to us? Now, there are are a few of you here who serve City Mission, our homeless ministry. Do you receive anything from them? Of course not, but you give. There are some of you here who visit the sick in hospitals. Do you receive anything from them? You give. There are some of you here who serve Sunday school and youth meetings and lots of other capacities. Some of you who serve basketball teams and football teams. All you get is a headache from them. What do you get? You get nothing. But You give. And that is when we are closest to what God wants us to be. To give selflessly and endlessly. To provide out of not only our excess, but out of our needs. It's easy to say, well, you know, I have... um, Four of this and I only need three so the one I can give away But what if what if someone needs something from me that I don't have excess of Give you an example time Time is, is a classic example very few of us have excess time now We sometimes fill it with totally useless things but we still feel like they're worthwhile at the time so there are a few of us who walk around saying yeah I've got plenty of time we all feel time pressured we all feel things are time-sensitive we all feel that time is very limited and as I said not everything is justifiable or right or, or productive or helpful but we fill our lives with it anyway. So, if my time is full, am I willing to give others? Or do I say, yeah, you know, I've got some spare time that I have no idea what to do with. You know, I've done everything, I've ticked every box, so I've had my enjoyment. I've had my social time, I've had my time with God. I've got some spare, so why don't I give of this spare now, we know, I know, as someone who's served, you know, when you talk about the, the concept of service, of ministry, I started serving Sunday school when I was 16. And I, I served for, for many years in Australia, then I went to the monastery and I served with His Holiness, then I came here and I've been serving here. So I've been serving, serving in one capacity or another for over 30 years. And you know for a fact that I've experienced that there's no blessing when I'm just giving of excess. The real blessing comes when I give and it's really tight. When I go out of my way and and I feel it. I feel the intensity. I feel the pressure. But then I also feel the appreciation and I feel that it makes such a difference. And that's really important. It's important to realize that I don't just give of what I don't need anymore. I give of what's core to me because that's the most valuable. When we give to others, just as when we see God giving to us, don't just give the hand-me-downs, the spares. When he gave us, he gave us from his core. He gave us his image and his likeness. He gave us himself. He gave us all the things that only he could give. And he gave us so graciously and openly and unconditionally. And... He expects absolutely nothing in return for himself. Anything God wants of us is for us. So if I'm a good person, God doesn't benefit. It just means there are two outcomes. The first outcome is that I become even better. And the second outcome is, because I'm living a good life, I give a good example, people see me glorify him, and they could follow that example and come closer to him. But God himself gets no benefit. He doesn't need that. In in his model, both in creation and the incarnation, we see God going... The proverbial extra mile and probably extra thousand miles. And that's what he asks of us. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verse 41, he says, And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks, and from him who wants to borrow, You should not turn away. Give extra. Give extra. And we know for a fact, and you've all been taught this, you've all heard it. Many of you, if not all of you, may have experienced it. But whenever you give, you receive so much more. You receive satisfaction. And I need to clarify something. It's not wrong to feel satisfaction when you're serving. It's not wrong to feel satisfaction when you've helped someone else. Sometimes oh, I feel like, I th- oh, no, 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 this, that's really, it's arrogant of me, it's conceited of me, it's proud of me. Well, it's not. It's good to feel satisfaction. It's good to feel joy. It's good to feel like, you know, I've done something that brings joy to the heart of God. That's great. I'm glad that I could do that. Don't get this sense that, no, no, it has to be compulsion and it has to be difficult and I can't feel happy about it because that's just me being proud. Our Lord says to us that the laborer is worthy of his or her wages. Now, those wages, unless they're going to be financial, but if you, if you serve and you receive joy from that service, it's great. So in my ministry, when I serve you and I see your lives the way they are today, I see your strengths, I see your successes, I see your joy, I see how, how great you are as ambassadors of Christ. When I share in the joys of your lives, the successes of your lives, that brings me joy. That's not wrong. That's not wrong at all. When we look at our church and see how we serve, we look at those around us and see how their lives blossom and grow, that brings us joy. That's not wrong. The wrong bit is if I start to take credit for it. I think that is because of me. When we should know better and know that actually that is because of what God has given me to do and what he's entrusted me with. And I give thanks and I am joyful, not because of me, but because of what I was called into. What I was entrusted with. What I was empowered to do. You know, you're going to play a a great game of, I don't know, Cricket, uh, golf, tennis, whatever. And God gives you a great bat, racket. Great. Well, why don't I go and I use that? And you think, wow, that's a great swing. But I couldn't have done it by myself. This is what's responsible for it. You're doing DIY in your house and you get these great tools. Great. But it's because of that. You're able to serve people, and you help them. You think, great, but it's because of the tools God has given me. All the things that I need to be thankful for, I need to be appreciative of. And then when I give, I give in excess. Because the more I give, the more I receive. Now, again, that could be taken two ways. It could be taken, you know what, when you give, God is going to give you tenfold. So it's an investment. Now I don't know, in my mind, I'm not really comfortable with that. Because it still seems conditional to me. What seems exciting to me is, great, I'll get tenfold so I can invest tenfold in tenfold the work. I can give of myself even more for others, for him. And I keep giving in that context, in that way. But I keep receiving at the same time. So it's a loop. I give, I receive. I give, I receive. And I keep receiving. It's like having a, a loop where you have... A liquid going through that loop as long as it keeps moving then it keeps moving along what happens if you get some air develop in one in a bit of that you get a lock it doesn't move anymore sometimes that air that void that vacuum is me getting in the way of God's work in my life it doesn't allow it to keep flowing I become an obstacle and he wants to keep giving me. He cherishes keep to keep giving me. He loves to keep giving me. And it's one thing, you know, those of you who are already parents and those of you who are parents-to-be will feel that uh, there is a special joy that comes... From giving, giving your children, I experience it when I give to those around me, to my spiritual children. When we give of ourselves, you know, and, and I, of course, monk, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, not a, um, a father, paternal father. But, when I give to my spiritual children, I feel a real joy. I feel a real satisfaction. And I feel a real blessing of it. So it's important for us to realize that. It's important for us to understand that there is a real joy that comes from giving sometimes even what you don't have. There's a real joy that comes from giving even if you think you don't even have it. And you realize then how much God provides for you. Sometimes when you, when you dig deep and say, you know what, Lord, I want to help these people. I, I wish, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more energy. I wish I had more capacity. And suddenly, he gives it to us because we have that yearning. That's what I mean by give even more than you have. Desire it. Ask for it. We can sit there and calculate things. And calculations are great. Don't get me wrong. But calculations don't take in mind... God's grace, because sometimes we calculate, and we calculate according to our own understanding, our own physical and human and worldly figures and numbers and and equations, but when we realize that there is more than we can ever hope for in God's presence, that we can pray and seek and ask and be given, then why limit ourselves? If I if I can give you ten pounds that's in my pocket, or I can pray for a thousand pounds, that I'm confident I'll get, that I can share it with you, why wouldn't I? Ask, seek. That's why our Lord says to us, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Because when I seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I feel that I can provide by his grace and by what he can give me and by his abilities. The epistle to the Philippians chapter 4. We read also, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All your needs. So if I have need for one, he's going to provide it. If I have need for ten, he's going to provide it. If I have need for a hundred, he's going to provide it. So the only limitation to what God can provide is my need. But what's important for us to realize is it's not just about material need. It's not just about wealth. It's not just about what I can make use of. The need here is the need that I have to be his son, his daughter, his disciple. And the more of that need that I have, and the more I say, Lord, I need, I need you. So he'll give me. Lord, I need to be yours. He'll give me. Lord, I need to be yours to give others. He'll give me. He may not give me immediately. He may not even give me the way I think that I should receive but he will give me infinitely more. I remember there was a lovely expression used um, many, many years ago when I was still in the monastery. And someone was, was speaking about the late Pope Shenula. And he said that God saw that the amount of love that he had couldn't be absorbed by one wife and a handful of children, and that's why he made her a father to the whole church because that's how much love he had and he wanted to give now, I sometimes feel that I sometimes feel in my ministry and I'm sure this is the case with all of you know your spiritual fathers and confession fathers and and guides and and mentors that I feel like I get asked, so how do you remember all these people? How do you remember all their things? And how do you remember what they tell them? How do you remember to keep tabs on them? It's because, because I ask for this grace and this ability to be a father. And so he gives me infinitely more. And it's not because I'm very good. It's because you're good. It's because you deserve it. It's because he wants me to serve you. I'm just a, a means in the middle to an end. And if you become that means, and if you ask, and if you ask fervently, and if you ask courageously, he will also give you in ways that you may never understand. Yet they are ways that will make infinitely more sense as time goes on, because our view is quite limited. We look here now today, or maybe yesterday, or possibly look towards tomorrow. But for God, the past, the present, the future, it's all one. And so He looks at my life from day one. He looks at it till day end, and then He can give me for the whole period. That's why sometimes when I say, I want this today, you'll say, but hang on, you don't see the full picture. I'm giving you, but I'm giving you for, for, for always, forever, because I know how this will build. So yeah, I'm sorry I keep talking about myself today, but it's just a great example. I'm just on my own guinea pig today. So if you would have asked me why I went through some of the experiences I went through growing up and serving, I have no idea. It almost seemed like I was doing things too early, too young. But then when you look at the progression, in hindsight, you think, oh, is this really what, what it was about? So I could serve here, today, now, like this? And that's only what I know. I don't even know where this is going. And so what I have faith in is if it's worked so wonderfully to this point, then it must be working just as wonderfully in the future. So if I just remain faithful and, re- and be a good recipient, then I'll be fine. Because it didn't make sense then, but it makes sense now. So therefore, it may not make sense now, but it'll make sense in the future. Because it's only in hindsight that we see a clearer picture. So give. Give. Give unconditionally. Give of yourselves. Ask. Don't let your own imagination be your obstacle. Don't let your own ability be your obstacle. Ask beyond your imagination. Ask beyond your ability. Ask what you want and what you think will be helpful to you and to others. Because our Lord is the one who will give us beyond any imagination, beyond any need, and beyond any human understanding that we might possibly have yesterday, today, or even tomorrow. In glory be to God forever. Amen.